The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Loss helps us define our lives. By allowing our grief to matter, we discover our own strengths and embrace our authentic selves. Welcome to Good Grief with your host, Cheryl Jones. Get ready to be inspired, to create a deeper life, to make your time on Earth much more meaningful. Now, here is Cheryl Jones. Hello. I am Cheryl Jones, your host, and I want to welcome you to Good Grief, where we talk each week about the transformations that can come from loss. I really appreciate hearing from you with comments, questions, guest ideas. Just go to my host page at Voice America. You can find links to every single way to contact me and to every interview I've done. They can be listened to right on, right on that host page. I also have a link on my host page to the work of Anna Elizabeth, Good Grief's April sponsor, who was a guest on the show in February 2015. Uh, her book, Digging for the Light, is available by following the link and along with more information about her grief work, which she calls the five facets of grief. So be sure to check out her work and um, see how she's what she's doing to support grievers. Today I'm talking with Terrence Kelly. Terrence has been called everything from a man of great passion and conviction to a demanding tax taskmaster to an absolute musical genius. And to prove them all, he's garnered extensive credentials in both gospel and jazz music. His operatic range and jubilant emotion make him a popular soloist, as well as an accomplished director, composer, and arranger. His credits include choral arrangements on albums by Linda Ronstadt and the Cronus Quartet, and gospel arrangements of popular music for TV and video soundtracks. In addition, he wrote or arranged most of the music on each Oakland Interfaith Gospel Choir album, of which there are several. Terrence received an Emmy Award in 1995 for his choral arrangement of OIGC's KGO-TV public service announcement. In 2005, he received a Local Heroes Award from KQED Television of San Francisco for his directorship of the Oakland Interfaith Youth Choir and was also honored at the Gospel Music Awards. And in 2013, he was awarded the Dr. Edwin Hawkins Excellence Award. And besides all that, he's the man I'm proud to call my choir director. Welcome, Terrence. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. We saw each other this morning, didn't we? We sure did at at <laughs> one of our co- corporate events. Thank you to corporations yeah. for helping the choir keep going, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good thing. That's a very good thing. I'm I'm really happy to have you on the show. I've been wanting to do this for a while, so thanks for coming on. Oh, no problem. I'm happy to be here. Um. I thought you could start just by telling the listeners about all the different choirs that make up the OIGC family and all the different work that that we do. Well, um, choir-wise, right now we have 
the gospel choir, which is the main choir, 30 years old this year. We're celebrating Woo-hoo. that. Woo-hoo. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and there's about 60 in the gospel choir. Then we have the youth choir, which is almost 17 years old. That's about 12 or 13 of them. And, of course, this is the time of year where we lose a few to college, which is a good thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And also the newly formed community choir that's a year old, like a year and a few months. And there are now 110 or so of them on record. And we also have our 15-member component of the gospel choir, which is the high intensity group called the ensemble. They sing at smaller venues such as slims and wineries and corporate events as well, like this, um, like this morning. So we have about five active units um, with the, within the Oakland Interfaith Gospel Choir family right now. That's a lot to keep going, yeah? I, yes, you know, it is. <laughs> You're a tired director sometimes. <laughs> I know that's it's for sure. It's a lot of fun, though. It's a lot of fun. <clears throat> yeah, we're we're doing a lot right now. You know, the choir is getting ready to go on tour to three countries, Norway, Denmark, um, Denmark and Switzerland. So we're in fundraising mode and singing a lot and um, doing lots of fundraisers and having a lot of fun raising the money to get everybody that wants to go and give them that opportunity. Yeah, I, you know, the, the choir is so diverse in every single possible way, but one, one part of it that really uh, touches me is that it's so economically diverse, which, of course, is a big deal when, when the choir is trying to do something big like go to Europe to three countries. Just getting everyone there is such a task, huh? It's a big task, and um, I really uh, appreciate the choir and, and give the choir honor for the fact that they kind of have a policy almost of no person left behind. Anybody that's willing to work almost on fundraising um, is able to go. So we have from people on general assistance to people that just pay for their whole trip going. So um, it, it turns into a miracle, actually, watching all these people work together. Yeah, I've been especially um, moved by the fundraising for this because we've gotten such a good response from the community. And, of course, my community, my radio community, um, I, hope, I hope they'll give, give the Indiegogo that we're doing a little bit of a final boost because that's almost, um, almost done with in the next few days. But that's, that's been quite miraculous, the response to that, don't you think? Oh, yeah, it's been fantastic. Um, we're very, very lucky to have raised the amount of money that we have, and um, which is making it possible for everyone to go on the tour who signed up to go on the tour. So that's great. You know, I think sometimes people hear our name and they don't really understand who we are. We are um, completely interfaith. There were 13 faiths represented in the choir on last count, from Christian to Buddhist to Sufi. Um, uh, somebody said baseball. And um, <laughs> so we have se- se- right, several different, you know, um, parts of Christian. Then, you know, you have Unitarian. So there are all kinds of different people. And within that, there's black, white, Asian, straight, gay, 
not sure. Um, then there's um, rich, poor, medium, middle class, you know, so we are really everybody. So um, if we ever changed our name, it would probably go from the Oakland Interfaith Gospel Choir to the Oakland Everybody Gospel Choir. <laughs> and that's and that's very clear when people look at us. You know, we just we just and age diversity as well, which I think is is important. I I don't know how young the youngest person is now, but I know at one point it was you know uh, seventeen to eighty or eighteen to eighty, something of that sort. Still pretty much twenty to eighty. Twenty to eighty. So that's that's mm-hmm. also just an amazing uh, experience to be. I know, um, you know, there, there's a sense in which we all kind of uh, get a little bit uh, separated in, in our different groups, but the choir, there's no separation. We're all together. That's uh, kind of cool, too, so I, I'm enjoying that part of it. <laughs> yeah. The first time I heard the choir, Terrence, was at a wedding, and, wow. uh, and I, I looked up there, and I was like, I want to be in that group. That was years and years before I auditioned. I was a little busy with ill partner and children and everything at that point. But as soon as I was able, because that's just such an unusual thing to see beautiful music performed by such a diverse group. It's, I, I don't know of anything else quite like it. I don't, I don't either. And several times from... As several different sorts of people we've heard, um, you know, this is what heaven's going to look like, or this is what the world should look like, or this is how the world should see itself. Things like that, when people see us, we are clearly everybody. And the fact that we work hard on our music and sound good together um, even solidifies the fact that, you know, all of these different people are coming together to work hard on something positive and put it together and present it. Yeah. I want to move to talk about the mu- the actual music that we sing, though, because um, I've had this idea ever since I've been in the choir that, you know, really, um, you know, because of my grief lens, um, it seems to me that... Um, spirituals and gospel music really touch that place in us that's been been hurt but is trying to um find joy um mm-hmm. and i wondered if you had some thoughts about that i mean i've heard you talk about the spirituals tradition and and kind of where that came from i'd love for you to talk some about that on the show um, well, you know, gospel music came out of the spiritual and the field song, so um, gospel has a lot of under, the underpinnings quite often have sorrow and sadness attached to them, but the, um, the good news of it all is, is what, we, what we hope in, in, ends up in people's um, psyche. So when we sing, we want to be able to identify that dark place, but also bring people out of it. So we're hoping that, you know, when we sing, we send that energy of, we hear you, we're there, we've been there, we've, you know, now we want you to hear us and come out of that dark place with us. So that is, that's what I like to hope 
happens when people are grieving and they are listening to gospel music that they feel that tug of joy even in the middle of the grief. Um, speaking personally, you know, when my dad passed, you know, I would not have made it without singing, without um, gospel music and singing because you can let yourself go to the dark place, but sooner or later, some lyric or some melody is going to bring you out of it. And, you know, it kind of becomes a head lifter. Mm. I think that would be a good time to play the clip we have for this segment. Segment. He is great. Anything you want to say about it before we before we play that? Um, it's a gospel play on a classical piece. Um, some parts of it are a classical piece, um, singing to the Lord that um, I sang a long time in choir, but the chords of the song always spoke to me, and I always wanted to make it um, even more than just majestic. I wanted to make it fun and dancey, so I tried Mm -hmm. to do my best on that. (laughs) He is great. so that people could uh, could feel how it feels to sing that. <laughs> so joyful to sing, and especially being with all the other people that are on the stage singing it. And thank you for yeah. your beautiful voice on that, too. Oh, thank you. It's a lot of fun to sing, and um, I was hoping that you'd get just a little bit more so they could have the audience could have got a little bit of the modulation fun. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, there's... That song modulates. I would have liked for the to play listener, the... That song modulates, what, four or five times? It goes four up Four or five and up times. Yeah, I... I um... I chose the 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 bridges because they're so beautiful and unusual. But uh, yeah. I would have liked to play the whole song if that worked on radio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That um, th- both of those bridges come out of the song, um, a new song. It's a classical piece, so that's why it has those interesting harmonies and s- so forth. And of course. Uh, to me, that's one of your great gifts, Terrence, is arranging, because we do a lot of rather traditional things in a completely different way, um, which I think also kind of keeps the audience's ears awake. 
keeps the audience's ears awake, and then I think it also speaks to who we are because we don't do things like everybody else because we're not like everybody else as well. Mm, mm, for sure. So you mentioned, um, uh, you know, your own um, use of the music during grief, and I, I have to say that, um, you know, as you know, my mom died not too long ago, and mm-hmm. it's been so comforting to sing this music. So I can I can attest to that. Um, and, of course, we hear a lot from people who feel that way listening as well. It is mm-hmm. kind of participatory, though, isn't it? I mean, people in oh, yeah, our audiences yeah. end up singing and dancing and um, they end up lending their voices, too. And or crying. You know, it's one of the only musics that you are quite allowed to kind of lose it and break down and cry on if you feel it. Absolutely. Um, do you do you think uh, you know? I we don't really know what it was. Well, maybe you do. I don't know what it was really like for people singing spirituals, you know, way back. But I have this imagining in my head of of really people being allowed to have some feeling in a situation where that was prohibited when they weren't singing. Is that your um, feeling as well? Well, the um, the work song was, the field song work song was the first um, permutation, I guess we would say, of the spiritual. And most of them have, you know, that um, work sort of cadence. You know, things like, hush, Lord, and now hush. Lord, and now somebody's calling my name. You can you can hear work underneath. Mm-hmm. You know you can hear an axe or a sky hitting. You know, whoosh, hush, whoosh, hush. So you can hear those sorts of things and those kinds of songs. I'm done. Made my vow to the Lord, and I won't. Turn back. You can hear, you know, work and those kinds of tempos. So songs like those early spirituals and work songs quite often came out of the field. And I think um, they were allowed to sing them because maybe it helped with productivity. Mm -hmm. But um, sometimes um, slaves were not allowed to sing at all because the... The slave master might not understand their particular blending of English and their own language, which is either called a Creole or a Patois. And so, over time, they had to figure out what they could get away with singing, in a sense. What they could get away with singing and how to work it out so that they could indeed sing regardless. Some mm-hmm. would... Um, uh, pick up the, the vocal tones that they would hear at the big house. And that's why quite often spirituals are sung with a classical tone because the slave might not have been able to sing in their native tone, which is very um, nasal, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, yeah. So they would um, mimic what they would hear at the big house, which would be European music, opera, and classical. So they would turn, um, instead of singing, hush, hush. Somebody calling my name. They would turn it around and sing, hush, hush, 
somebody's calling my name. Mm-hmm. And so um, in today's world, we sing spirituals in a more classical tone um, for two reasons. Sometimes the slave owner as well would train their slaves to sing. Can we talk about that more after the break? Because it's time for our first break. And I want to hear that in in completion. So listeners, take these few minutes to go to my host page and connect with me, join my mailing list, do all that. And if you want to find Terrence Kelly in the Oakland Interfaith Gospel Choir, help the choir get to Europe, find out when we're singing, go to www.oigc.org. Back after the break. your life your health your network you're listening to voice america health and wellness follow the voice america talk radio network on twitter we're at voice america trn you'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows this week's featured guests and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Every day, you hear so much about different aspects of the health and wellness field. One day, you hear one thing, and the next day, you hear something that contradicts what you heard the day before. How do you know what's right? Try tuning in to The Cutting Edge of Health and Wellness today with Dr. Neil Nathan. Our goal is to educate and explore this field with guest experts in order to help you take control of your health and well-being. Listen Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health and Wellness. If you have a loved one that is undergoing treatment for substance abuse or mental illness, you owe it to them and yourself to tune in to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. This compassionate and educational talk show will help you help those that you love by better understanding their condition and their personal recovery process. Tune in every Monday at 12 noon Pacific time to One Hour at a Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Recovery begins this hour. Real Life Solutions, Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. To reach Cheryl or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Cheryl Jones at weatheringgrief.com. Now, back to Good Grief. Welcome back. This is your host, Cheryl Jones. I've been talking with Terrence Kelly, the Artistic Director of the Oakland Interfaith Gospel Choir. And before the break, we were talking about um, how, how the spiritual sound, the sound of spirituals developed. You were talking about uh, how... Um, they had to make it a little more uh, classical in order to um, basically get permission to sing. To sing. <laughs> yeah? yeah? Yeah, then just to be able to sing, you know. Um, singing is such a um, 
part of the culture of the African diaspora wa- worldwide that, you know, not being able to sing is kind of not good in African culture. So uh, they, the African found a way to sing. And sometimes that would be being, um, you know, taught by the slave master so that they could um, entertain. So there are two major ways, and one of them was by um, adopting what they would hear up at the big house so that they'd be able to sing, and the other would be that they'd get instruct- instructed how to sing um, Europe- European music so that they could um, entertain. And the the other thing I'm aware of is that ultimately um, spirituals were used to communicate uh, kind of in secret, too, yes? Mm-hmm. I know that from listening to you for years and years. <laughs> Mostly. Yeah. A lot of the spirituals have double meanings, you know, slaves would sing um, a runaway slave from plantation to plantation. They'd sing where the food was hidden or, you know, watch out for this place, go by this star, you know, all kinds of messages would go, you know. And without trains and planes and cars, you could imagine how much further the voice would carry in the stillness of the night. Hmm. Yeah, I I got a real picture of that when you said it, just um, being able to hear across great distances that way Mm -hmm. uh, would make it a perfect Mm -hmm. way to communicate, huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, over miles. Over miles. But the other thing I think about is, um, you know, you talked about singing after, after your father died. I know that when my wife died, I sang every day that first year afterwards it kept me alive and yeah. and so i i imagine having uh being able to give voice kept the spirit alive in in those terrible circumstances oh yeah it definitely you know singing uh spirituals and gospel um you know there's a message of hope buried in most of them are not not necessarily buried but planted in most gospel songs and spirituals. So um, um, even the darkest ones still have, you know, the message of hope, like swing low, sweet chariot, um, coming for to carry me home, swing low, sweet chariot, coming for to carry me home. You know, um, the the joy of it all is I'm going to be home with God where there's no more um, sadness or pain. So sometimes I think I think people might sing a song like that a little too darkly mm. because there is there is that ultimate hope of you know being lifted out of all pain and suffering. So sometimes swing low should be sung a little happier, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I that I got while you were talking, I got a picture of some of the work that we do, some of the performances we do uh, in, I was particularly thinking of prisons, but also homeless um, centers, um, senior centers, you know, environments that are very challenging. And uh, I was, I was seeing in my head the way people are before we sing and, and the way they look when we finish singing. To me, that's some of the most moving work that we do. Oh, one of my favorites are definitely the prisons. 
You know, you go in, and when you walk in, um, guys are ladies. You know, they all have this look of what are you going to do. Yeah, show me. (laughs) Yeah, and everybody's looking pretty hard. Mm. But by the time we leave, you know, they're waving and smiling and singing along. And, you know, they've, you know, they show you their real selves. Because when you walk in, when you see them at first, there's definitely, um, they're definitely hiding behind the prison mask. Mm -hmm. But as we start to sing and, um, and that mask breaks away, you get to see their real selves. You see these bright, smiling you know, warm-hearted people, you know, that have just, you know, gone by the way, you know, or in some cases, they're, by the grace of God, go we, you know. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> so, um, you see these these brilliant eyes and wonderful smiles that were not there when you first started singing. It's awesome. It's really awesome. And the other thing I was thinking is, in a way, it's the same. They have to um, figure out a way to engage with the music that doesn't get them in trouble. Uh, You know, I'm thinking of times when people, the natural impulse of the music is to stand up and dance and all that, and they can't do that, but they still, by the end, are so in the music. It's very beautiful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I almost got myself in trouble one time. Uh, you know, I got carried away. And I, I said, I said um, something like, join us, get up and join us or something like that. And, you know, people got up and started clapping and swaying and, you know, with us. And, you know, the guards were very nervous. And after everybody had gone back, to their residences and we were in the hall by ourselves the sergeant came over to me and said don't ever do that again <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> <laughs> you know he's like yeah the one guy bumped one guy wrong and started you know he could start a melee but he's like but the flip side of it is i've never seen anything like that happen where they all got up and just started dancing and partying and nothing happened. Everybody, you know, when they said at the end of the song, everybody sit down, everybody sat down, everybody smiling and still having a good time. He says, I've never seen it happen like that before. It was wonderful to see, but don't do it don't again. Don't do it again. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that, that sort of leads me to talk, too, about all the different kinds of things I was thinking before, you know, as I was getting ready to talk with you today about the time when we sang in East Oakland when the police officers were were killed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all different kinds of events where people's hearts are broken and, yeah. and we get to be uh, uh, comforting. We get to be comforting. That's, that's, you know, but it happens a lot more than, you know, maybe I try to bring news to the choir when things, you know, happen. We've sung for people like the story. My favorite story still is the story of the little girl we sang for who saw her parent get killed and she stopped speaking. And mm-hmm. she came to our concert and started scooping up joy and singing and, um, you know, started talking again after that day. You know, her um, grandmother wrote in to say, you know, she's raising this kid now. And the 
the granddaughter hadn't spoken for some t- some time frame, but after coming to the concert and scooping up joy, she's in the back seat of the car, singing and then you know talking after that. So, you know, when you can reach somebody that way by your singing, uh, you know, it's it's amazing, and it's you know one story like that is worth the thirty years, you know. Absolutely. Let's let's play another clip. This one is glory, a, a little piece of glory, honor. Mm-hmm. Anything you'd like to say about that? Uh, it's a it's a great song. Came out of a pity party. <laughs> say a little more. <laughs> I was um, having a pity party. You know, feeling bad about some things that were going on in my life. Um, car wasn't working. Had to get it fixed. Had to scrape up the money. Went to pick up the car. It wasn't ready. So then I had to catch the bus home, got to the bus stop. The bus passed me up because it was 5 o'clock and it was full. Walked about a half a mile to the next bus stop. The next bus passed me up full. So I started walking home. I was just pretty much mad. And on the walk home, I saw somebody eating from a garbage can, somebody sleeping in a doorway, and somebody um, in a wheelchair. And after, on the event of seeing the third person in much less um, fortunate situation than myself, I was like, all right, I get it. I'm blessed. I get it. So I, I continued to walk home, but I started writing the song in my head. Well, this will just be a little bit of it just to give uh, the listeners, a, you know, an idea of it. Glory, honor. an example of what we're talking about it about because it's so so joyful to sing that but it came out of a a really down moment yeah it did (laughs) (laughs) and do, do you sing it sometimes you know it's come to my mind a few times when I wasn't feeling so good. Um, oh yeah, it's, you know, it, you know, it's it, a it's a good song for me to sing when I'm because it starts off and you can hear, you know, at the very beginning you can kind of hear the dark place, but as it continues to grow by the end, and the the dark the dark parts are gone, and it's just a shout of thanks. The other thing that I that I was. Uh, really struck by as we were listening is just how many amazing soloists there are in the choir. Um, you, oh, yeah. You, 
you really have made room for that to develop. Of course, that um, that soloist is so wonderful. Maybe you can shout out to her. Um, well, that's Sharon Henderson. Amazing singer, and and oh, yeah. not alone in being wonderful in terms of. Well, you're an all- amazing soloist in the choir as well. Well, thank you, Terrence. I appreciate that. A <laughs> <laughs> little shyer than some, but <laughs> it's just such an amazing, uh, heartful music to sing. It, it invites yes, it wanting to do it, you know, as big as you can, I think. Yeah. Another thing I really want to talk about, and maybe we can start this and then and continue after the break, is, um, you know, it, it is spiritual music um, mm-hmm. at its basis. It, it is about a connection to something greater than ourselves, and yet we've got 60 people with, as you mentioned, numerous senses of what that something greater is. And uh, I know some people find it quite miraculous that we manage to agree to disagree on all of that. However, I feel as if there's some special power in that. And I wondered if if that um, speaks to you as well. Oh, of course it does. And I guess we'll pick that up after the break, or should I say something? Yeah, no, you can. we can begin. We have a few more minutes. Just wanted okay. you to know it was on the way. <laughs> Well, as you know, the um, OIGC, Oakland Interfaith Gospel Choir, came out of um, jazz camp, gospel choir experience. And that was definitely an interfaith experience because, you know, it was just whoever showed up at jazz camp and wanted to sing in the gospel choir could do it. As a matter of fact, the whole camp did it first. And um, people would regularly say, why is this the only music that I sing that I feel this way when I sing it? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the response is, it's, I think, the most freeing music that there is. I spoke to it earlier when I said it's one of, I think it may be the only music where it is okay for you to lose it. Nay, not only okay, it's encouraged for yes. you to go ahead and lose it. You know, and if you lose it, people don't get mad at you. They get, you know, they get in support of you. You know, so it it becomes a different kind of freeing experience for any singer because, you know, if you're singing and you just lose it, nobody cares. They support you. So, you know, there there were times when um, when my dad had passed. Well, they still they still tease me about it at church, but this one particular song, I started the intro and just started bawling. Mm-hmm. And the you know, the rest of the praise team sang the whole song and I'm just standing in front of the church bawling the whole time. <laughs> Everybody this else has... singing. I'm like <laughs> Nobody you know, nobody's like after church, What was wrong with you? Why did that, you, you cry? Know, the only response was, oh, you got yours in today. You got your praise in today. You got it out today. And w- what other music can a full fourth of a quartet completely drop and nobody's mad? <laughs> For sure. And I can attend, I have I have cried through, you know, songs very a lot this year. <laughs> so I know that... I can that, imagine, yeah. <laughs> I know that the... Uh, 
you know, sometimes I can keep singing. Sometimes I have to mouth the words for a little while. But um, uniformly, the other members of the choir and the audience are in support. So I can attest to that myself. Let's talk about that more when we come back. It's time for our second break. And, sure, no and listeners out there, you can go to my host page to connect with me and to connect with Terrence Kelly and the Oakland Interfaith Gospel Choir and support the work of the choir and find out when we're going to be singing where. You can go to www.oigc.org. Back after the break. your life your health your network you're listening to voice america health and wellness we're making it easier to listen to the voice america talk radio network wherever you go in addition to listening live you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts discover new talk show personalities add shows to your list of favorites and listen to all our show archives on demand all from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. What causes us to be sick? We're not talking about the actual illness or the scientific cause of illnesses. We're talking about your body and health. Listen for the healing whisper of Return to Peace. Each week, host Dr. Marianne Chase shows you how to listen to your heart to identify poor health, stress, and disease. You'll learn how to heal energetically and spiritually as well as physically. It's time to depend less on the drugs and more on the heart. The Healing Whisper airs live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Real Life Solutions, Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. To reach Cheryl or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Cheryl Jones at weatheringgrief.com. Now, back to Good Grief. Welcome back to Good Grief. I'm Cheryl Jones, and I'm here with Terrence Kelly talking about the Oakland Interfaith Gospel Choirs, all of them, and most particularly the main choir. And, um, you know, we were talking about this this sense of all of us connecting through the music with something greater than ourselves, even if our conception of that might be very different. And that uh, that led me to thinking about the community that the choir is. Um, you know, I've been in the choir maybe, I think it's nine or ten years now. Mm-hmm. And um, in that time, I've had so many major life events and um, the the way in which people get supported through those things, through illnesses, deaths, losses, 
celebrations, the whole works is just yeah. really tremendous. Um, the choirs sang at both my parents' memorials. Uh, yeah. You know, we're really there for each other in a way that is um, quite remarkable, I think. Yes, that that is true. You know, all all sorts of different kinds of, you know, supports from painting to moving to, you know, all, just all kinds of things where the choir shows itself to be a really strong community. And and not to mention praying for each other in whatever ways we each do that. Uh, you know, my mom was sick several years ago, a different illness from the one she died of. She almost died. It was very, very dire. And um, after after she came through it, she said, you know, I used to think that it didn't make it, it didn't really work to pray for specific results. You just mm-hmm. pray for God's support. But she said, I think I'm going to have to modify my opinion because I really felt the the prayers um, that everyone was praying. And, and I said to her, well, Mom, I think, I think this is how it works. When everyone prays together, God says, all the people who are in one place, give them what they want. <laughs> it really did feel that powerful to me. You know, yeah. there was an extra power from all those different ways people were holding her best interest there. Yeah, I, I, I can believe that. You know, um, there have been several instances, you know, of people coming back specifically to the choir, you know, and saying, I felt your prayers. You know, not only I felt prayers go out for me, but they have said specifically that they felt the prayers, the thoughts, prayers, and meditations of the choir, which is, you know, unbelievable for somebody. Um, You know, one person was Christian, one person of Buddhist faith came back and said they felt being uplifted by the choir and in their time of illness. So, you know, who's to say? that it can't work and that it doesn't. I think it does. <laughs> well, you know, they actually have been doing some study on prayer, double-blind studies, um, <laughs> that have shown that, um, in fact, there is a significant difference if you compare, you know, somebody that's being prayed for and somebody that is not, that have the same thing. Wow. People that are being prayed for do better. I would believe that. <laughs> I would believe that too. And of course, no agenda on what that means. You know, I know there no. was there was one member of the choir who was an atheist, and he would. Um, we talked about this one time. He he said he would just um, kind of hold an, a good intention for someone who was needing. Uh, needing support, uh-huh. um, so that works, and and all all the way up to including very specific prayers to very specific um, entities, yeah, yeah, deities. So I think that's quite quite powerful in and of itself. Yeah, yeah. So I, I was I, I was it. I was going to ask you what had kept your interest for thirty years, but I feel as if we've been talking about that this whole time. But I know you're 
you've got many interests yourself, jazz, opera, um, you know, composing, arranging, and yet the choir has continued to have your, uh, it looks to me like your heart. How do you think you've yeah. kept going for so many years? It's the people. It's the the wonder of it all has not shown as has not rubbed out for me. It still tickles me immensely, you know, to know that I have um and uh, that I might have a six-person uh ensemble and nobody looking at the ensemble realizes that you have a unitarian a bap uh christian uh sufi a wiccan an agnostic and two others standing all together singing you know madly together singing with love in love with each other in love with the music having fun blessing people but all of these different faiths right here in six people and you know people would never even realize it i don't think a lot of times it even realize enters their consciousness of how amazing and wacky that is and i can literally sometimes stand on stage and, and kind of giggle to myself yeah and and i think uh when people hear interfaith, you know, they, they might typically think of, um, oh, I don't know, Baptist and Methodist or something. Yeah, <laughs> But it's just so much broader than yeah. that. Yes, a whole lot more broad. You know, um, the other day I had someone walk up to me talk about somebody giving them a um, psychic reading from within the choir. <laughs> so, so you... Uh, you have learned a lot about a lot of different traditions along the way, yeah? Oh, it's, it's lovely. <laughs> and our thing in the choir is, you know, we if we discuss it, we discuss it with the intent to inform and not to change. So that, you know, I think our people are a little more savvy on some religious aspects of life than maybe the average person just because of the fact that we sit amongst each other all the time and talk about stuff. You know, if our world leaders could get a little bit of that, I'm a just... little bit of that, I know. Well, that's <laughs> the thing. You know, I um, I actually use the choir as a balm for my soul when it comes to Baltimore, Ferguson, East Oakland. You know, uh, um, that uh, that's it's so painful and so such a broken place. And yet there is the potential for us all to come together and be this choir, which to me is is quite in contrast. Yes, we are an example that it can be done. We are an example that it can be done. And that's one of the reasons, you know, we're taking this to three countries because, you know, Scandinavia is one of the most free-thinking spiritual places in the world, mm -hmm. but they don't have very much examples of it. You know, even though they say this is what we do and, you know, we believe and everybody have, they don't have very much example of it. So we are the example here in Oakland, here in California, here in the United States of, you know, if people could just give up a little bit of their own personal agenda to make a bigger agenda, you know, you can still be who you are, but still be part of a bigger good as well. And really seeing how good that feels, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't feel conflictual. It feels good 
too. It does feel good. Yeah. So let's let's uh, share our third clip. This is good night. A little a little bit of good night. Okay. Oh, good night, the Lord's coming. Good night, the Lord's coming. Good night, the Lord's coming. Knocking at the door, the door flew open, and the love comes streaming down, 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 Lord, down. They found him in Gethsemane. Found him in Gethsemane. Found him in Gethsemane. Knocking at the door, the door flew open, and the love comes streaming down, 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 Lord, down. They wrapped him in white linen. Wrapped him in white linen. Wrapped him in white linen. Knocking at the door, the door flew open, and the love comes streaming down, 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 Lord, down. Love comes streaming down. I think I, I think I wanted to play that right then because that's how I was feeling about the choir. That there, there are so many moments in any performance that it does feel as if there's love streaming down on us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one guy who was a, a universalist. He said um, he's never sensed anything. Um, with such a powerful light coming from it as the um, performance from the choir, which was amazing for me to hear. That was great. And, and of course, you're, uh, I don't know, in another tradition I've followed, they have the idea of intercessors, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which, which are the people that are kind of connecting the community to something greater, and I think of you that way as well. Is, does that ever seem like a lot to hold, or is that mostly a joyful thing to hold? How, how does that work for you personally? Oh, it's definitely a joyful thing. Definitely joyful. It's a good yeah, thing since I mean, you... <laughs> it's a responsibility, but it's it's still joyful. You know, it's not... It's not a a sad thing, or I think for me it's kind of how I was raised and just who I am. So it's not a big deal for me. I, I think I enjoy sharing that part of myself and just being there in that space. And I do know you had a couple of pretty mighty models on that score. Your your parents both were oh yeah <laughs> big big music. Entities are big, big music people. Yeah. Yes, yes. My dad, the late great Ed Kelly, was a wonderful and renowned jazz pianist and organist. And my mom, Faye Kelly, was a jazz and gospel pianist and gospel singer. So you know, it's in the blood. It's in the blood, and I'm, I, um, I have this idea sometimes that they're, they're watching us perform, your parents. Maybe mine, too. Maybe they're all 
sitting around watching. I think well, watching and cracking up. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, sometimes yeah. things are funny, and and sometimes they're moving and sad, happy, every single emotion. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. Well, Terrence, I want to thank you for being with me today. I really enjoyed um, talking with you in a different way than than usual. Than um, normal, so thanks, huh? yeah, thanks, thanks nice. for being here. And listeners, <laughs> help the choir me. get to Europe. You can donate any amount from a dollar to a million dollars. Um, please support the work of the choir by going to... Support the work of oh, the choir. Our Indiegogo is still up. Still another, up for a few more days, and beyond that, you can more you hours. can <laughs> you can send it to the choir directly. And if you live in the Bay Area, come and hear us sing. We're at the Paramount every first Friday of December for our holiday concert. We do a free concert in April. We sing festivals. We sing at Freight and Salvage. We sing all over the Bay Area. If you happen to be our in that part of the world, our concert is June thirteenth. June thirteenth um, for the yep. first Congregational Church in Oakland. So just go look up all that and come come sing with us. And next week, I'll be talking with Katie Butler. Katie's the author of the New York Times acclaimed book, Knocking on Heaven's Door, which is partly a memoir of her experiences at the end of her parents' lives, partly an expose about what's wrong with end-of-life care in America today, and she's really a wonderful speaker. Don't miss it. This has been Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. I look forward to being with you again next week for another meaningful conversation. Thank you so much for joining us for Good Grief. Please come back next Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Cheryl Jones, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a meaningful week. Abre mi corazón.